Hey, good evening, everybody. <laughs> I'm originally I don't need the, the the podium. Thank you. Yeah, I'm originally from Singapore, so you have some Singlish tonight, lah. <laughs> yeah, two years ago I I relocated to the U.S. in the little town called Mobile, Alabama. It's, it's a backward town. There's nothing to do there. Only three bit tall buildings. Uh, whenever I'm there, I miss the buildings in Singapore. It's good to be back here in Perth. Good to see some of you familiar faces. And happy Mother's Day to all. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. You know, when God created man, then look at Adam, and he looked at him and said, mm, that's why he created Eve. And we now know why. Let's look at this video. You have the sound? That's why we need you, mom. Thank you, all the mothers. <laughs> you know, um, every time a child needs something, they will not call out the, to the dad. They will call mom. They will call mommy first before they call dad. The only time when they call dad, when I was happy when my children called up to me. Dad, yes? Where's mommy? <laughs> you are a special breed. And <clears throat> my wife is here. She's really been married for 32 years. Agnes, can you stand so that... Uh, yeah, yeah. 32 years, you look at her, you look at me and say, how did it ever happen? <laughs> we caught it for seven years before I said yes. <laughs> Actually, you know, it's the other way around. After seven years, she said, I'm done. She said, I'm done with high heels. <clears throat> well, that's a scripture verse, which is one of my favorite, and I want to share that with you. It's, it's found in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 20. It says, God keeps such people so busy enjoying life that they take no time to brood about the past. What a verse, isn't it? God makes such people so busy enjoying life that they have no time to worry or, or to think about the problem or brood about the past. I want to be such people. How many of us want to be such people that you are so busy enjoying your life? Okay, only a few of you. The rest of you, stay miserable. <laughs> I want to be such people, such people that I'll be so busy enjoying my life and God can keep such people so busy enjoying life. You know what? There's hope for all of us in this room. But since today is Mother's Day, then let us focus on mothers that God can keep such mothers so busy enjoying their life that they take no time. They have no time to about the past or the problem or the worries or the anxieties because everything is in God's hand. Yeah. 
Amen. Now, how do we become such people who will be so busy enjoying our lives that we have no time to brood out about our past? Well, there are few conditions, and the conditions are found in the two prior verses to chapter uh, to verses verse twenty of Ecclesiastes chapter five. Now, let's look into verse eighteen. It says this: Even so, I have noticed one thing. At least that is good. It is good for people to eat, to drink, and enjoy their work under the sun during the short life that God has given them and to accept their lot in life. And in verse 19, it says, It is a good thing to receive wealth from God. We know blessings come from God. Amen. It is a good thing to receive wealth from God and the good health to enjoy it and to enjoy your work and accept your lot in life. This indeed is a gift from God. And then we have this verse, God keeps such people so busy enjoying their lives that they have no time to brood about the past. I want to be such people. I think we can all be such people. Amen? So that you don't have to be my patient. By the way, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm a psychologist. Okay, psychiatrists give you a piece of their me- a piece of medicine. I give you a piece of my mind. <laughs> That's the difference between the two. <laughs> so there are three keys to becoming such people. To moms becoming such moms that you will be you will be so busy enjoying your life. You know, I want all of us to walk away from our service tonight, knowing that we can be so busy enjoying our lives. You don't kind of agree with me. But I hope to convince you. So there are three keys to such people. It's as easy as A, B, C. Three keys. A, B, C. Number one, in order for us to be such people to be able to enjoy our lives, that we have no time to brood over the past, is that we need to accept and to adapt. We need to learn to accept what we got. Acceptance here is important twice in the two verses preceding to verse 20. It says to enjoy your work and to accept your lot in life. To accept your lot in life means to accept who you are, what you have, where you are, and make the best of it. The quicker you accept this as a fact, the quicker you become happier. See, the mother of all all disappointment and misery is when we start complaining about what we have and who we are to others. When you look at Hollywood, you look at all those actresses and actors, and and, oh man, we we, we fail in comparison. And we look at stuff in the mirror, oh, we're not that Tom Cruise. (laughs) So the minute you start complaining about your looks and all that, you are disappointed. Hey, you want to be happy? Accept who you are. In fact, if you are disappointed with your physiology, well, there's nothing we can do about it but to accept it. You know, God cares more about our heart and our our soul and our spirit. He doesn't quite answer our prayers when you pray about your physiology. God, change my face! Quiet. But when you say, God, change my heart, He will do something about it. Yeah? For 59 years of my life, I have been praying, God, make me taller! He never answered the prayer. I have to accept it. See, the quicker you accept what you're, what's going on in your life, the quicker the acceptance, the quicker the healing. See, many of my patients, 
they are, they are going through times of struggle and emotional turmoil and depression and all that. The key to their recovery is to first accept the situation that caused them this so that they can then adapt and change. The longer you deny about this problem that you're having, the longer the process of healing. So there were two women, their, name were, their names were Noah, uh, Ruth and Naomi. Naomi was the mother-in-law of Ruth. And Naomi suffered uh, many setbacks, tragedies. Her husband died. Her husband's name was Abimelech. I like his name. Abimelech, Abimelech. Ooh, Abimelech. <laughs> That's how I remember his name. And, and Abimelech died. You know, uh, Naomi's uh, husband died. And then her two boys who were married to uh, two women from Moab. And the two boys also died. And so she became very depressed. And so Ruth was one of the daughters-in-law whose husband died. Her husband was a child. Her son of, was the son of Naomi. And so both were widowed. But Naomi was very was depressed. And so she was in denial. She cursed God. She, she cursed everybody. And she changed her name. She, she said, don't call me Naomi. You see, the, the meaning of Naomi means sweet or pleasant. And, she, and then she identified herself with pain. And she said, call me Mara. Mara means bitter. And she was bitter. She was grumpy. She was complaining all the time. And, and Ruth, on the other hand, accepted her plight. And she decided that, you know, I will serve my mother-in-law. In fact, the mother-in-law told her, and her other daughter-in-law, you know, you go back to your home place, you find your new husband, you can marry. Don't worry about me. God has put a curse on me. And she was just, you know, just grumbling and complaining all the time. And yet this woman said, I will follow you. And so she did. You know, serving someone who is pleasant is one thing. Serving someone who is grumpy and complaining is another thing altogether. So there was a long journey from Moab back to Bethlehem where, where uh, Naomi was from and Ruth served her mother-in-law throughout all this complaining and all that. She accepted it. And she, when you accept your plight, when you accept what's going on in your life, this is where you align yourself with your new environment. You begin to align yourself, and then when you align yourself, then you begin to adapt to the condition, and then you can advance. Once you advance, you become functional again. Without acceptance, you cannot align. Without alignment, you cannot adapt or adjust. Without adapting and adjusting, you cannot advance. See, the Bible is very clear. Twice in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 18 and 19, it says, accept your lot in life, twice it mentioned in two preceding verses, two verse twenty, where God keeps such people so busy enjoying life. So the key to such people that will be enjoying their life is to accept your lot in life, accept everything that you have. The quicker you accept, the quicker the healing, the quicker the recovery, and all that. This was my class in 1973, and this is not me. <laughs> You know, in Singapore, uh, where I grew up, 
the teacher, the form teacher, will be choosing the class monitor or the class president. I'm not sure how you call it in Australia, but it's not voted. It's, they are not voted in as the class president and all that. It's the form teacher who will appoint this person to be the class president or the class monitor. And usually they will appoint someone who looks good, who is tall, who looks studious in the studios and all that. I was never appointed. In my career as a student, I was never appointed a class monitor, not even once. I was this guy right in the corner. <laughs> so I, I was like, why? My, old, my two older brothers were much taller than me. So when we grew up, it's Doremi SML. You know, every time we grew up to the, go to the market, people would look at my two older brothers and talk to my mom and say, wow, your two sons tall, huh? Wow, your two sons talk and they ignore me. It's like, hey, I'm here, I'm here. I was so hungry for attention. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, the day I accepted myself, the day I accepted who I am, that's the day I, would, I become happy. Hey, this is how God created me. I will never change this. Uh, there's only one me. So now I moved to America, which is the land of the giant. <laughs> when, I, when I huddle around them, Guess what? I breathe in secondhand oxygen. They breathe out, I breathe in. <laughs> so I love to come back to Singapore and now to Perth. We see some of my Asian friends. We see eyeball to eyeball with the guy. <laughs> we took pictures together. At least I now breathe in fresh oxygen. You see, if we keep looking at our pain and, and, and compare ourselves to others, we will never be satisfied. We will never be happy. I remember the first car I had. It was a $3,000 car in early 80s, my first car, and I could only afford $3,000. It's bright green in color. I have no money to respray it, but this was the cheapest car that I could find, and I bought it. So from far, you could see me coming. It was like bright green. And then from far, you can hear me coming too, because the engine was loud. It's like... Ah. But one thing good about the car is that it, it has automatic window. So every time I hit a curb, the, the window automatically drops. <laughs> so I've got to grind it up. <laughs> you know, if I keep when I complain about my car and I look at other people's cars, I say, wow, this is a luxurious car. I wish I had that. Why, God, why am I not having those cars? And, 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 and when, when I realized that those people who own those cars, most of them actually are not the real owners. The bank are the owners of the car. If you don't pay your installments for three months, guess who still owns the car? So I realized, this is my car, fully paid. I can park anywhere and not lock it and nobody will want to steal it. <laughs> I feel so secure, you know. I accepted who I am. And, you know, I caught it seven years, my wife, and she accepted my height, so that's fine. Who cares anything, yeah? So... There are advantages and there are disadvantages in everything in life. But if you keep focusing on the disadvantages in life, then you will never be a happy camper. Accept yourself. And I was happy as a little guy who went into the, uh, the army in Singapore. As boys, we need to serve two years, two and a half years in Singapore in the army. And, and you know, I enjoy it because when we have this log pity, log pity, we all carry a log together. I mean, everybody in the, in the platoon or in my squadron complained it was heavy. <laughs> I mean, 
it's supposed to rest on my shoulder, but it did not. It's like, what heavy? What? what, what? It's like, like, you know, this little guy here at the back, you know, he wasn't... It's like, come on, guys, you can do it, man. I become the cheerleader. Not heavy at all. If I can carry it, you can carry it. Then they will say, shut up. <laughs> and when the, when the sergeant say, up, it's even lighter. <laughs> come on, guys, you can do it. <laughs> You know, you, you, you got to accept what you have and who you are. Because the moment you accepted those things, that's when you become happy. You don't compare yourself to others. Don't compare your spouse to others because the minute you compare your spouse to others, you have a problem in your marriage. Don't compare your children to other people's children. You know, Tang Ching Chong's child can go to the medical school. What about you? What art school is this? When you start comparing, comparing, you're never happy. Hey, accept your spouse, accept yourself, whatever that you have. The Bible was very clear about this. Accept your lot in life. Some people may be handicapped like this mother. She lost her arm as a 10-year-old girl. And she overcame this. By the way, this is the book that I'll be selling. When life hands you the shorter end of the stick. How we can overcome setbacks. 21 ways how we can overcome them. This mom here is amazing. She's a super mom. Sound, please. Yeah. My first thought of Barbara when I saw her without arms was... She's very beautiful. She impresses me just with her personality, her beauty, and just the way she carries herself. The two got married, and like a lot of young couples, Barb and Mark began thinking about raising a family. But would Barb be able to handle all the responsibilities that come with raising a child? Concern. I knew I could take care of them. I mean, I spent most of my teenage years babysitting other people's kids, so I knew I could, but I had never really taken care of a newborn and 24-7. You know, it's rough. Did that tickle? There's nothing rough about this amazing young mom. She uses her incredible dexterity to handle the most delicate tasks with tender, loving care. I can pretty much do anything, just about anything with my feet that... You can do it with your hands. And while Barb doesn't have time to dwell on her differences, most people can't seem to get over them. Even a night at the movies can turn into a challenge. Um, I get some strange reactions. Went to the movies and handed my ticket to the to the guy and he wouldn't even, didn't want to take it because he didn't want to touch my foot. Barb has tried prosthetic arms but found that they only get in her way. And while she's comfortable without them, there are special considerations when using your feet, like hands. If I'm going to be walking around outside and then I'm going to eat, of course I'm going to go wash my feet first. And now with taking care of her family and running a small business from home, Barb is busier than ever. With all the incredible things that she can do, what's most remarkable is the fact that she's never once thought of giving up. 
would just like to encourage other people that if there's a will, there's a way. You don't have to sit on your duff and feel sorry for yourself. You can get out there and make something of yourself and live a full life just like anyone else. Wow. When she lost both of her arms, she could just mope in depression and give up living. But the minute she accepted this, that this is her life, this is where she recovered. Amazing mom, isn't it? So, to enjoy your work and to accept your lot in life. Two verses, it actually repeated those things. Key number one, to become such people who will be so busy enjoying their lives is to accept and adapt. Number two, you have to know that you are blessed to bask. Basking is to enjoy. You are blessed by God. If you are a Christian, your, your source of hope, your source of blessing comes from God in heaven who loves you, who called you as his child. Here it says in verse 19, it is a good thing to receive wealth from God and a good health to enjoy it. To enjoy your work and accept your life, uh, accept your lot in life, this is indeed a gift from God. It says here that you have to enjoy your health, enjoy the things that God has given you, enjoy your work, and hear it because it comes from God. Life can be predictable. In fact, the Bible tells us that life is predictable. We know where, where we are going at the end of our life. If you want to predict that, then you need to learn how to live as a Christian. And the Bible tells us that uh, we all will have tribulations. And Jesus told his disciples in Luke chapter 17, verse 1, it says that offenses will certainly come. And there, will be, there will always be people who don't like you and they will offend you. Yeah, this will come. This will happen. So expect it to come. But don't have to be miserable about, miserable about it because this is expected. This is predicted. So you expect it. But how to overcome it? The Bible says you have the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Be happy because in spite of this, I am blessed. So you're not blessed because you're blessed in spite. So you will have tribulation, you, you will be offended, but you need to learn how to enjoy your life. Because you're blessed to bask in His giving, in His wealth, and his, in whatever that He is bestowing upon us. Sean Acor spent 12 years at Harvard University doing a research on what makes people happy. And eventually he wrote a book about this, which is a New York Times bestseller. And he's also one of those TED conference speakers. And um, he said, people who are happy has the advantage over others. And when he did his research about what makes people happy, he realized that 80% of the people in the world pursue happiness from the wrong things. From, from You know, they just go on the wrong path in pursuing happiness. And so he then you know, put this in this conclusion in this book that people saw work as a source of happiness because when they are successful in their work, and this is where they find happiness. But work is something that you do. When you cannot f find success in your work, guess what? Happiness has been thrown out the window. 
Work is something that you do. And then success as a result of this pursuit is something that you have. So if success is something that you have, and when this thing that you have became all and, and it's been taken away from you, then what happened to your happiness? So we can work so hard to buy the expensive car. Like this guy, he bought this expensive car. This is so stylo, the way the car door opened. Does it make him happier? He can buy such events in such an expensive car he could not even get out of it. <laughs> so you got the latest handphone, like iPhone XS or, or, or whatever. After a while, it will, tend, it, will, it will be iPhone 14 and 25 and 88. So we keep pursuing all these things. He said 80% of the people in the world are unhappy because they pursue happiness from the wrong angle. And he said that happiness is a being. You don't do happiness, you be happy. You be happy as a person because when you are happy as a person, then you, be, you feel that you're successful. And success is not what you have. Success is an attitude. And when you feel successful, then you feel that you are ready to find your purpose in life because it starts with your being. Your being, your very being. You have to be happy from inside out, not from outside in. See, God breathed into us. We, we, we received Jesus into us. And from inside, we ought to exhibit the power and the joy of the Lord. And then success becomes an attitude. You don't have to be a lot to have a lot to feel successful. It's an attitude. I feel happy. I'm a happy camper. And I have the attitude of a successful person. I may not own the kind of cars, but I'm successful in my own right. So attitudes, and then when you find your purpose, you find meaning in life. And this is where you find happiness. If you have this, then you, it will... You have these three things that we are searching for in life. You have energy, you have intelligence, and you have creativity. These three, being happy and your attitude of success, and you find meaning in your life, so whatever you do, you do with energy. You do with the rigor, and you have intelligence, which is what you know, Asians' parents are seeking for in their children. I spoke yesterday in the parenting seminar that in Singapore... Parents only give one adjective to their kid. So clever. Whatever they do, so clever. But it points to their intelligence. They pass the test, so clever. They wash the dish after, dishes after they have eaten, so clever. But that's not clever. That's responsibility, right? They share their toys with their friends, oh, so clever. You know how to show it. That's not clever. That's being generous. So we all point this. But, but okay, if you want to be intelligent, then you got to be happy. If you want to coach your, chi- your child in their tuition, tuition and have them to pass the exam, don't make them angry because when they're angry, they're not learning from you. An angry person shut down in their five senses. Be happy, you open up the five senses. And creativity. See, what, what happened was when Ruth 
eventually brought her mother-in-law to Bethlehem, where the mother-in-law has, uh, was originally, originally from. Her mother-in-law stayed at home. She was depressed. And Ruth has the attitude that I can do something about this. Rather than mope like her mom or like her mother-in-law, she went out to the field to collect grains so that she could cook and serve and nurse her mother-in-law. So she was up early in the morning. She went to the field. You see, the owner of those grains and field will have fence up. And these people who are poor will not be allowed to go into those fields to pick up grains. Well, obviously, it's not yours. But it is a law during the day that if you own a farm, like a wheat farm or grain farm, and whatever excess, you got to throw it outside of the fence so that those who are poor will be able to pick it up. And Ruth was one of those who would go there first thing in the morning to pick up all those grains so that she can bring home and cook for her mother-in-law. See, she knew in spite of the fact that this place was new to her. She had never been to Bethlehem. That was the place of her in-laws. And she needed to nurse her, her mother-in-law. She was not moping and she has the attitude that she needs to work hard and she can be successful. Eventually, she worked so hard, the owner of the field or the farm, her, his name is Boaz, noticed her. And Boaz asked one of his servants, whose woman is this? See, he did not ask, who is this woman? He asked, whose woman is this? Now, whose woman is this? Is who, who does this be woman belong to? Like, is she married? Because Boaz was like, whose woman is this? So she's trying to find out the background whether she's married to somebody and all that. So, and, and eventually, Ruth married Boaz. See, when we have the attitude of success, when we are a happy camper, we become attractive. How many of us marry someone who make you feel miserable? You fall in love with someone who makes you feel miserable. Say, he made me so very miserable. I want to marry him. We marry someone who makes us happy. We attract people when we are happy. And then what happened? Eventually, the second thing that happened was her mother-in-law, Naomi, woke up from her stupor when she noticed that Ruth, in spite of what's going on, was happy and was hardworking, serving her. And she expressed the kind of demeanor that, that Naomi knows that she must be in love. <laughs> so the, in the book of Ruth, there are four chapters. The first two chapters is about Ruth helping Naomi. Then in chapter 3 and 4, it is about Naomi now helping Ruth. And Naomi began to notice something about Ruth and said, hey, looks like you're in love with this owner of this farm. And in chapter 3, Naomi began to coach this young widow how to win the heart of a man. And this is about the only scripture, the only, only time in the scripture that advises young women how to win the heart of a man. If you're not married yet, you're trying to win somebody's heart, read Ruth chapter 3. And now some of you are excited. I need to look. 
It, it, it is found in Ruth chapter 3. Step 1. There are a few steps here. He, she advises Ruth how to do it. Step 1. You know what step 1 was? Go and read the Bible, okay? <laughs> it's in the Bible. So she woke up from the soup that she then began to help Ruth to be able to marry to Boaz. See, you, you adopt the attitude of success. You become happy. Happy to serve. Happy to work. Happy to do. Happy to be. Because you're blessed. You're called by God. You're blessed to bask. How would the people know that we are Christian? Number one, by our love. Number two, by our joy. Number three, if we want to be such people who will be so busy enjoying our lives and have no time to brood about the past, then we need to calibrate to, to celebrate. We need to cal- calibrate our lives according to God's purposes for us. Live according to God's purposes. It says God keeps such people. It is God who keep such people so busy enjoying their life. When we fix our eyes on God, then we find, we'll find our direction, we'll find our blessings. But when we're busy over our problem, busy over fighting one another, busy over all the quarreling and all the politics and whatever that's going on, then we, we will take our eyes away from God. You know, politics is an English word that we have two compound words, poly and thick. Poly means many. As opposed to mono, mono is single, poly means many. Thick is the insect that sucks your blood. Politics. (laughs) (laughs) So sometimes you're so busy involving with politics like these two deer, they were fighting each other that they failed to notice the danger that were to come. They were so busy fighting one another. They were not busy enjoying life. They were busy fighting that they failed to notice the lion coming from the distance, charging at them. They don't care. Just wait, just wait. Just wait, just wait, just wait, just wait. Ah, it's over. It's over. It's over. So what are you busy at? Sometimes we get so busy with our problems that we fail to fix our eyes. And God. The Bible tells us that you seek God's first and His righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. I got so interested with the word all so I went to, into dictionary.com to find the meaning of all. All these things will be added unto you. So I, I want to do a research on this all. You know what it means? All. Everything will be added unto you. If you, fix, if you calibrate your life according to God's purpose on you, for you, you know what? All these things will be added unto you. You never lack. Sometimes we brood about our past. We keep looking back. But the book of Ruth tells us something strange. Because at the end of the book of Ruth, at the end of chapter 4, it gives us a genealogy. But this genealogy is very different because all genealogies is about your ancestors prior to who you are. But this genealogy of Ruth went on beyond Ruth. It went into the future. 
So life is about not just about life is not just about your past. Life is about casting your sight on the future where God wants you to be. Be where God wants you to be. See, at the end of Ruth, it says that this is the genealogical record of the ancestors Perez. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron was the father of Ram. Ram was the father of Nimnadab. Nimnadab was the father of Nashon. Nashon was the father of the fish, Salmon. <laughs> Salmon was the father of Boaz. Yeah, Boaz was the father of Obed. Boaz married Ruth and then they conceived a child. His name was Obed. And Obed was the father of Jesse. And Jesse was the father of David. It cuts into the future. Then where the book of Ruth stopped, and where it ended, Matthew chapter 1 continues. Matthew chapter 1 then tells us about the genealogy of Jesus. Salmon the fish was the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Rahab was the prostitute. And you know, somehow Salmon, Salmon was one of those spies. It was believed that Salmon was one of the two spies that went into a home and they got married eventually. And then Boaz was born as a result of that union. Boaz was the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed was the father of Jesse. And Jesse was the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon, whose mother was Bathsheba, the widow of Uriah. And in verse 15, Eloed was the father of Eliezer. Eliezer was the father of Matan. Matan was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Joseph and the husband of Mary, and we have Jesus. So if we keep looking back in our past, we're so busy looking back in our past, all the misery of the past, we may fail to see what God has in store for us in the future. If Ruth were to just be miserable, miserable about, about her life. Oh no, I married this man, she died. What kind of life do I have? And she gave up living and all that. She, then she will miss what God is, has planned for her. Maybe you felt that you're not blessed yet. But there's this thing called the power of yet. Don't end your negative statement in a period. End it with a yet. Like, I am not blessed yet. It changes the whole dynamic of it, right? I am not married yet. Don't put a period to it. I don't know how yet. See, when, you, when we put the power, put in the word yet, it, it changes the whole dynamic of this negative statement. There is a possibility that something good can happen. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew the strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary and walk and not faint. See, when we wait, be patient and live, continue to fix our eyes on God in spite of what's going on. Fix our eyes on God. Our future is in God's hand. There is something good that's in store for us in the future. Keep looking at it. Then, you will calibrate yourself for success and to celebrate those success. Life is about moving forward. You don't move backwards. Many of my patients look, move forward by looking backwards. And they will stumble because they don't see what is ahead of them. There is this marathon runner from Kenya 30 feet from the finishing line, her body collapsed. The medics 
came with a wheelchair for her, and she refused the wheelchair because the minute she touched the wheelchair, she's disqualified, and she crawled to the finishing line. I know. her eyes, her eyes was focused on the finishing line, not on her pain. Just go out there and show the world what Kenya can do and show them that we do it clean and bring back the world. So in spite of that, she wanted place. Recently ran the New York Half Marathon 5K. I finished 14. For people my age group, huh? 14. They were 14 runners. <laughs> you know, when you run the marathon like that, the finishing line is important. Your body may be aching and you may want to give up, but you keep going because you look at the finishing line. You know, there's a finishing line that's waiting for all of us. Don't give up. Mothers, if your child is having problems, fight. Don't give up on them. It's not over yet. There's still hope. Put your hope on God. These are the three things to be such people who will be so busy enjoying their lives that they, no, they have no time to brood about their past or their problems. I pray that you will be such people. That you will show the joy of the Lord in you. Firstly, accept your lot. Accept, adapt, advance. Secondly, hey, you are blessed as a person. Blessed in your being and to be happy. So bask. Enjoy it. Enjoy what you do. And thirdly, calibrate your life according to God's purposes. See the finishing line. Be there. God will be there when you are there. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for this word. Thank you that we can be such people. We can be such people who will be so, who will be so busy enjoying our lives that we have no time, no time at all to brood about our past, no time at all to even be to be anxious. The Bible says, "Be anxious for nothing." In prayer and supplication, present all your situation to God. Lord, we know we have you. We have the joy of the Lord. We have this access to heaven. We have the resource of heaven in us to overcome every obstacles. And we know that, God, that when you are for us, nothing can be against us. So, Lord, help us. Help us to live our lives according to how you want, to, how you want us to live. 
May we accept our lot in life. May we begin to enjoy our work and enjoy this life that you have given us because we are blessed. We are blessed to bask in your glory. And Lord, help us to calibrate our life's purposes according to your plan for us. I pray for every individual, every mothers that are here, the Lord, that there will be such mothers who will be so busy enjoying their lives. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.